Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. The crew is all here. Big show plan. Primary complaint in 45 minutes. News notes, headlines throughout. We'll talk NFL and SEC. Gentlemen, hope you're doing well. If ever there was a day to bang hats, today is that day on a Wednesday with primary complaint. And I love, love, love when Paul Kuharski walks into the studio and says, I'm coming in on fire today. And that's what you did today. Coming in hot. I'm miserable. I'm miserable with the result last night, and then it just creeps into every element of my life. So, uh, you know, go get my COVID test this morning. Go uh, at the Titans facility. Go have some breakfast. Come back. The Titans have pushed back. You know, talk to Taylor Lewan for a little while. Um find out he wasn't asked to, to talk after the game uh, uh, with the Jets, which makes me more miserable because I think he should be asked to talk. Um, but he then, should also just talk. Yeah, but I don't know how the machinations work there, and I think PR goes and asks guys to talk. So, I mean, yeah, he should go ask to talk, but they should ask him to talk. But then I go to um, – now, Chad is familiar with the inconvenience market in Nashville. <laughs> um, <laughs> In Hillsborough we've, Village area. It's on a corner. We've heard about this for years. It's impossible to pull into. It's, it's the most inconvenient. But the, the second, inconvenience market. The second most inconvenient market is in Metro Center. I, I think it might be the only quote-unquote convenience market within miles and miles. Parking lot is always jammed like there's a sporting event going on. The lines remind me of Ticketmaster back in the 80s in New Jersey when Springsteen tickets were on sale. Um, it's like an Exxon, right? It's an Exxon Tiger Mart. It's now a 7-Eleven. Okay, it's changed. They've poisoned the 7-Eleven brand, which up in the Northeast, a very efficient brand. And the, and the, 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 the expansion has not worked. All I want is an Arnold Palmer. An Arnold Palmer will soothe some of my pain. <laughs> now, they used to have... Paul also, for the record, loves Arnold Palmers more than any human... I've ever met. You could drink them for every yeah, but I'm generally possible off. consumption I'm purpose. I'm generally off the Arnold Palmer. It's a treat. So they used to have them on tap, on the fountain drink. But I know this is too much to ask. Surely they're no longer on tap. So I go. First off, I walk in. There's no line. This is like a miracle. I'm like, can I operate fast enough for there to be no line when I get my drink? So I'm kind of hurrying. I go over to the fountain drink area. And there's no Arnold Palmer on tap. This is where the downfall of my stop at the store begins. They do have lemonade, however, and there's sweet tea over on the side. I think I'll mix my own and it'll be beautiful. But I look at the lemonade and I think to myself, there is a 50-50 chance that this lemonade is lemony. 
So I pour half a cup of lemonade. As opposed to what? As opposed to watery. Yeah, you, you know, that, that it's going to have sauce in it, like an uncarbonated soda. Right. You, know? you oh. want There's the lemonade, 50, not 50 the watery. There's a 50-50 chance that it's going to be actual lemonade as opposed to sputtered out lemonade. So I pour my half a glass, that my mixture, my base for the Arnold Palmer. I take a sip. Not lemony. Nothing. It's like uh, lemon water. So, it's like hotel water. Yeah. Yeah, worse <laughs> than When you that, go into a different really. city and you can uh, actually taste the city in the water? Yeah. Uh, the griminess of no, it's it. like the it's like that cucumber water they put in the lobby. Oh, I got what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. That's you all, that we rush to get that in the lobby. Yeah. Not the tap. Hangover <laughs> juice, I call that. So, I take the whole cup, I throw it away. I'm off of the fountain entirely. Now, I sense people are coming in. The the act the the, the lack of action is over. People are coming in. And these aren't just people who want a snack. These are people who need to pay cash for gas. The, the most troublesome kind of customer at an inconvenience market. So I'm now, uh, I go over to the wall. Now you guys know these kind of walls. This wall is as big as this moonshine wall over here. I mean, it, there are 250 beverages on this wall. Before we get to the alcohol, all right, I'm getting myself a little uh, Red Bull, sugar-free Red Bull, because I'm going to leave the sugar to the Arnold Palmer. Is there an Arnold Palmer on this wall of 250 drinks? Is there any sort of Arnold Palmer? Now, I'm already miserable. My team has lost last night. This has a long-lasting effect. Had the negative exchange at the Titans facility added to it. Not one Arnold Palmer. So I get my Red Bull. I get a little snack at a kind bar. I turn around. The line is six deep. The line that was empty three minutes ago is six deep. Three people paying cash for gas, and the guy who's up there is trying to get his credit card to tap. <laughs> tap. The, the tap. The yeah. tap does not work for anyone. He's tapping. He's swiping. He's tapping. He's changing to another credit card. He's going through the whole process. <laughs> tap, swipe, cash. He's trying every, every pay. He's got Nothing's Bitcoin. Working. He's Bitcoin. Got it. He's got that out. I doubt he's got a Bitcoin. Whole thing. <laughs> I didn't recognize what he was doing. The whole thing is an absolute fiasco. So no Arnold Palmer to cheer me up. I'm absolutely in the doldrums. Garrett Cole can't pitch a big game. I told you they were going to win big or uh, win win tight or lose big. They lost big. My wife went to bed during they it. They lost this, by four runs. This, that's what, losing big. Uh, when you have an ace that you're paying $325 million to come in and win a game like that, and he gets you six, six hole outs, a tremendous showing by Garrett Cole. Come downstairs this morning. My wife went to bed early. She said, uh, are we getting a divorce? I said, no. She said, oh, congratulations. They won. I said, no, no, just things have changed. They, they, they can lose, and I can stay in the She didn't stay, stay up in the, the conclusion, you're no, saying. No, she did not. Was she upset? <laughs> no, she seemed, she, she seemed okay with it. She angry about her Phillies <laughs> losing to the Braves again? She seemed okay with it. Okay, good. How good. long does a cloud of misery stay? I, I don't know. They, they got to let go. Look, his, they don't have to fire Aaron Boone. They just Why have to they? not re-sign him. Oh, he's been terrible. No. Yes. It, it, so you, you blame Garrett Cole, and then you don't blame the way the, the roster is built? Oh, I blame the roster building. Uh, A-Rod <laughs> made a great point last night about the swing and miss roster. You go big or you go home with, with New York. That's how they've planned all this. Yeah. No, look, it's a People poorly hate constructed hate A-Rod, team. by the way. Yeah, they do. They, they hate, hate him more than A-Rod. he deserves. I don't get it. He did say something really okay. stupid. He did say something really stupid. He said, Garrett Cole, Cy Young, next year's sophomore campaigns are much better. Except he just finished his sophomore campaign. <laughs> next year will be his 
third year. Paul, let me predict I don't, your misery. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. You asked the question, how long are you going to be miserable? Your misery will last as long as the Boston Red Sox are playing this season. Yeah. Once they're out, I think your misery will dissipate. It won't last too long. If they lose in five games to Tampa Bay the way you thought the Yankees would if they won that game, you will be a lot less miserable. Well, the Yankees, If the Red Sox beat the Rays and keep no, playing, please, no. it is going to be an October of discontent. Well, here's something I learned. I knew the Yankees were absolutely terrible against the Rays. The run differential in that series was like 45 runs. The run differential with Boston was two runs. Uh, the Rays won the season series uh, like – 10-8 or something like that, but the run differential was two runs. Run differential with the Yankees was 45 runs or something like that. I hate that team with so much. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthiness, the, the level of hatred. Well, it's it's so boomer bust. Like, the emotions have to be crazy with, you know, um, if if it's they're hitting bombs, you know, they're hitting four or five a night, then it's it's great. It's like a home run derby. Well, when they're Stanton not. should have had two last night. He's got to run. If he's not positive, the ball's over the wall. This is uh, oh I know. And, uh, Speaking a, a of not positive, if the, the ball is over the ball or, or uh, over the oh, wall or John not. John Sterling. John Sterling. I think what I, happened? I think he's I standing on first base. Has one of the worst calls. Paul, who rips Skip Carey, Chip Carey. Gosh, all I, the get right I hate all the carries. Skip's son, Chip. Always confuse the two. Chip Carey, the youngest carry, for a game on TBS for. Was it he confused a single, right? Or he said the ball single was caught? Single with the catch. Yeah, I've ripped John Sterling on a regular basis. He's, he's maybe worse than the carry. Well, I'm embarrassed. Here's what's not this maybe. Guy is. Not maybe. Because go back and watch. And I did. I watched the, the clip with Chip Carey. He immediately recognized what he did and corrected it. John Sterling. I still hate him. John Sterling is, uh, what happened? What did I miss? <laughs> why, why is he standing on first? And I'm, I'm watching. I'm thinking, you, how many games do the Yankees play at Fenway Park every year? He acts like a guy who's never heard of the Green Monster. They had to explain, okay, John, there's a wall in left field that's really tall. It's called the Green Monster. And sometimes what looks like a home run might hit the top of that wall and come back into play. How do you not recognize your mistake immediately and say, oh, it went off the wall, and that's why he's at first? Absolutely terrible. It was bad. Look, if the Yanks get good seasons from Stanton and Judge, who both were relatively injury-free this year, and they can't, Win. Better not get into a wild card game. Like, win. You, like, be the best team in the American League. Like, be the favorite. Get the wild card game at home. When they took a lot of regular season games nonchalant, they're like the Titans losing to the Jets. Oh, we'll make it up later, you know, or we'll win the game on the road. Um, they're just not well built. But Aaron Boone does not make good in-game decisions, and, well, that might and he be doesn't the case, have a good touch. You put and I'll get Cole to this again. I, I like Aaron Boone. Primary complaint. You, you put Garrett Cole on the mound. He can't. He can't last what two innings? What, what, how so he, pick, he got six outs. Uh, six outs, and then you know they start the season. They can't find a closer. You know, it's just it's. It, no, it, it took way too long for things to come together for them. And last night they played a minor leaguer at shortstop. They had a gimpy third baseman. Uh, they had a lot of problems. They, they had two relievers who just came off the injured list who couldn't go into a second inning. They walked seven guys and four of them scored, and the Red Sox walked no guys. That, don't walk, people. This is like my don't fall down that's thing also, for guys again, testing out their claims. That's not Aaron Boone's fault. I mean, look, the, I, I'm going to actually talk no, you off the ledge a little bit. No, that game's not Aaron here, Boone's fault. But Aaron Boone needs to get more than 91 okay. wins out of that team yeah, but and if get he them wins into a better Was it 92? I think they, they, it was an identical 92-70 and 70 record. Between the Red Sox and the Yankees? 
somewhere around 91 that. or 90. So yeah, advancing, I, I, so advancing last night doesn't change Aaron Boone's status. Yeah, I'm not happy with Aaron Boone. Generally okay. speaking, had they won the World Series, I would have eased up on Aaron Boone. <laughs> I, I'm not a guy. I'm not had a guy. They won the World Series. But listen, I'm not a guy that calls for the head of managers or coaches very often. His contract's up. They haven't won it since 2009. Uh, I'm not wild about Cashman either, but I don't think Cashman's ever going to go. I think Cashman's married to the Steinbrenners. And so the best you could do is change a manager. In many ways, the manager just has to execute the plan from the GM. I want a manager that's got a little bit more like ability to sway the GM and, and manage people better. And he doesn't. He doesn't. Do I it think. I think you're going down a very slippery slope if you just continue to replace managers while acknowledging the real problem is Cashman, and then just throwing your hands up and saying, "Well, the GM is going to be there, so can't do anything about that. So let's just replace the manager." Well, there are a lot of young managers emerging all over the place who somehow, uh, you know, who have GMs. It's a GM business now, largely. Yeah. But I'm seeing all these young managers who somehow plug into this whole thing. And do a lot more than the Yankees are doing. Well, see, I'm laughing the whole time watching that game because Ellie Sylvia, our production assistant, is posting Go Red Sox on there. And I'm thinking, tomorrow's Ellie's day to be in here. And she's been very quiet. Uh, she's been very humble. Has not said a word. Has not said a word to you about the game, Paul. But I, I, uh, I love that she was rooting for the Red Let Sox. Let me speak to the Ellie Sylvias of the world and, and other Red Sox fans. Who? Uh, how long did you live in Rhode Island again? She was born there. A few years, but you've been a fan. She's, she hasn't had another team, though. She's always been okay, a Red Sox but fan. But I just and her hear father fans. is a diehard okay, Red Sox fan. And so that makes her. Area. She's legit, but she's B level legit. If you if you've not really been in the mix around the area while things are going on for your team, it's a different level of fandom. It just is. If you haven't been there, so all these Red Sox fans who are coming at me, who I'm saying, have you been a big fan since 2004? Who are kind of saying yes it's fun that you're rubbing my nose in it, but you're not really because you haven't been there for the whole thing. And you, you haven't set foot outside the stadium on a regular Wednesday afternoon after a Red Sox game. So you think you've got me, but you don't really because you live in Nashville, Tennessee, and you never like were around Fenway on a regular Friday night. I don't want to hear it's, Simon Kuharski ever talk same. about the Yankees. Simon Kuharski, if he ever. ever fell in line, which he's not going to do, would also be Phillies. a second-tier fan until he goes to Columbia and lives in New York for four or five years during that and is in the middle of that. And then he can I mean, stake I'll, I'll agree some that. kind of geographic claim. I, I'll but until agree you've that. been around for the crap year and the great year and you've lived in the middle of it, it's not the same. I'll agree with that, but I want you to tell Simon he's a B-level fan if he ever takes I, up the fan. I'd like to be Explain able to call to him. him a fan in any, <laughs> any way, shape, or form. Yesterday, he was in the guest bedroom watching YouTube. I think most of America was, unfortunately. Have we seen the rating yet? Oh, we've seen our game? numbers watching the show right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, football next. <laughs> football coming up. Uh, we've seen some vets on the move. Stephon Gilmore uh, with the Patriots gets what he wanted. Talk off-season about how he wanted to be traded. He's traded. What's we'll, it cost? We'll discuss, we'll discuss what the Panthers uh, are doing with Stephon Gilmore, the former Patriot-turned-Panther. And uh, he's now with the Panthers. Oh, he signed already. I didn't even see that. No, no. He was traded before he was released. Oh, he's been traded moves. to Carolina. We will get into that. We will also discuss Jalen Smith not getting with the Cowboys. And uh, we will discuss what that means for Dallas and how stacked they are at the linebacker position. That's all straight ahead. A lot of NFL talk and SEC quarterback discussion today 
Outkick 360 rolls on first, though. David Reed's going to tell you how you can look beautiful like him. Well, Simon's a lot more closer to being follically challenged like his father than a Yankees fan from what I'm hearing. So, when Simon has these issues, issues, I don't want to go down down the route route that that I did way back in the day. I'm talking about the old-fashioned method of of hair restoration. restoration. That's That's no no longer what you have to go through. Let me introduce you to the folks over at Tulio's Clinic. You already know about the flapless lasik and the great job they do. They're the latest, greatest in technology when it comes to lasik surgery. Here's how they also help you look better. It's the latest, greatest technology when it comes to hair restoration. It's the smart graphic. Technology. It's, it's not, not the old-fashioned old linear scar, scar on, the on the back of your head, head that, quite, quite frankly, doesn't, doesn't yield the greatest, greatest results. results. I can, I can speak, speak from experience, experience with that. We're, We're talking about great results. results. It's your, it's your own natural hair growing, growing back on top of your head, and it only takes an afternoon over at the Toyos Clinic. So don't let hair loss troubles hold you back. Call 888-315-3937. Schedule your hair restoration consultation today with Toyos Clinic. And tell them that Outkick sent you and received 10% off. Again, Again, that number, number 888-315-3937. Toyos Clinic, see better, look better. Across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us from the 6th and Peabody Studios with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, the chairman of the board and our entire OutKick crew making it happen for us. Uh, Coming up in the Tennessee Power Hour, we will discuss the Tennessee Vols. They've unveiled their their unis. They look slick. We'll give our thoughts and analysis on this as they take on South Carolina. Plus, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars don't have a head coach really leading them this week, but the defensive game plan against the Tennessee Titans is not all that difficult to figure out. I'll dive headfirst into tendencies from Todd Downing and how that has to change this Sunday against Jacksonville. Uh, We'll do that in the power hour. Uh, Primary complaint coming up, looking at the clock, coming up in about 20 minutes or so from now. Looking forward to that. Gilmore's on the move, headed to Carolina. Carolina has made their second trade for a defensive back already this season. Impressive. Uh, They traded for C.J. Henderson when J.C. Horn, their rookie, went down with an injury and landed on IR. So they have Henderson from Jacksonville, who's a 2020 first-round pick. Might be 2019. I think it's 2020 first-round pick. And they have now Stephon Gilmore, who is an all-pro vet in New England, previous with Buffalo, had one year remaining on a big $65, $68 million contract with New England, and they came to a, a, a conclusion that it wasn't going to end in New England throughout the contract. Now, He's on PUP, and he's eligible to return starting in week seven for Carolina. But Carolina trades for New England's corner, Stephon Gilmore, in week five after an offseason where Gilmore wanted out, and they never traded, and they never moved him. And in the end, because Gilmore played ball, played business with the front office of New England, he ends up getting what he wants prior to returning to the active roster, And that means Carolina gets Gilmore, get this, for a 2023 sixth-round pick. So they take on the contract and the salary that's owed. They don't have to bid up the price with other teams because he would have been a hot commodity uh, for for teams across the league, Paul. And, And now he goes to Carolina that's in contention in the South in the NFC. And he's going to want a new contract. 
that that was sure. part of the 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 reason he wound it out of New England. Not long ago, Defensive Player of the Year, correct? That's right. Uh, two two <clears throat> years ago. Yeah, I mean Carolina's all in. You've got to respect what 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 they're doing. Um, he's a big time player with uh, Super Bowl experience, and um, that's a heck of an addition. I wonder if um, you know it's obviously pending a physical. Um, yeah, and but they know you know they, they know, know the on physical. DP. Yeah, he's going to have were going some to issue. Cut him. So the the initial report this morning was he was being released, and I think it was just a jump to conclusion because. He he released a statement saying it's been it's been great to be a patriot. You know, it, it was there was a finality to his statement that people thought he had been released when really he had been traded. And it just hadn't gone through. Well, I don't know if it, 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 if he had yet been traded, but what Albert Breer ultimately said was the talk of a release was the Patriots' effort to smoke out trade possibilities. Uh, because they had quietly, according to Breer, I'm pretty sure it was Breer, I read it at PFT, quietly reached out to teams that they trusted about trade inquiries. So they were looking to deal him. They knew they weren't getting much back. Right. But something is better than, than nothing. Um, and so they get some small return. Um, you know, Patriots still perfectly willing to move on from a guy who certainly could help them. But when they're done, they're done. And uh, it's a big contract that they're getting out from under instead of renewing it, and they move on to their next guy. C.J. Henderson was a 2020 first-round pick, by the way, so you were right on that, Hutton. Um, I, I love Carolina going for it. I didn't see anything in their loss to Dallas that makes me think they shouldn't go for it because I think Dallas is just really good. Yeah, And they're going to get McCaffrey offense, back. And, and they're doing it without Christian McCaffrey. And this is this is a team that – should be going for it Aggressive. right now. I mean, I, you, you look, NFC, with Carolina and Arizona this year, two teams that I don't think many people were factoring in to a possible Super Bowl run. You got Carolina, who was definitely in go-for-it mode. Sam Darnold at quarterback, not the first guy you're going to think of to be a Super Bowl quarterback, but they've got the defense. Defense just got better we all know Arizona's offense and all the playmakers they have. They're opportunistic on defense. I look at those two teams, very different in how they're constructed and how they play, but from a similar expectation model of what people were thinking and now what they are at this point in the season, I think both teams have a chance to come out of the NFC. Hutton's on them both. He had them both going to the playoffs. I'm on Carolina. Uh, I put some money down on Carolina to get in as, as, a, as a wild card team. But it's exci- this is exciting to see uh, emergent teams. Same thing's happening with the Chargers. Um, you know, emergent teams. And it's, it's what the league needs. And, and look, it's... The, the league also I, needs the Chargers at some point to have fans yes. in Los Angeles. And the league gets Because this. that was awful the we, other night. We shouldn't play it as new. There's, there is playoff turnover every year. But there's something about these teams right now that feels uh, more special. I, I don't know. Who were the emergent teams last year? Could, could you tell me off the top of your head? Well, who were the, the new playoff teams last year? I can't tell you who they were. Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland yeah. was in. Uh, some would – they wouldn't point to uh, – well, the Colts were back in it. I'm trying to go Was Buffalo the in the year before or was last Buffalo year? Buffalo was in the year before. Okay. But they hosted last year. It shouldn't yeah. be that hard to think of them. I, I don't remember being as excited about whoever it was that was new, and maybe it's because oh, the they Bucks were rehashed, like the Colts were, were rehashed. Yeah, the Bucks were obviously a, a huge story. But, but these teams didn't just get Tom Brady. 
These yeah, teams but I mean, the Browns were a projects. huge story, too. Yeah, Browns last were a huge year. Story. All year. They've been a huge story until they got over the hump and got into the playoffs, and then they make the run. But a year there was ago. also a lot and of anticipation about the Browns that they were finally going to break it through. We weren't talking a lot about Arizona and Carolina. Well, let me go Maybe back a little to the problem with the Chargers, Chargers to me. Uh, one of the reasons that everybody's talking about the Browns is because the Browns have an enormous fan base that's very passionate, that's hungry for them to get back. I'm watching that game in L.A., and I'm wh- why did I understand the stadium issues and everything else, but they had fans in San Diego. The L.A. Chargers don't have fans, which to me, I love the team, but it eliminates some interest when I look it's at a home that game bad. that's being taken over by the opposition. Here's the thing. It's not that bad. Home field, I just lost this story, of course. Home field is uh, – road teams are 33 and 31. And 31 I'm not, look, I'm not discrediting the team. The team is going to be fine playing in front of visitors at home. I'm saying I don't get as interested oh, yeah, when, when I watch buzz. a team that I say, if they don't even have people in their area that care about them, why the hell should I? Last year was the first time in NFL history that home teams had a losing record. Top to we've been talking about season. this spread wise. It's and, gone from three point advantage to two point advantage. Now they're giving them generally one point. And the 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 point last year was well, it's the COVID year. Right. Nobody stadiums there. aren't packed. You didn't have the road atmosphere that you have to face. You know, as the visiting team and the visiting quarterback. That's not the case now. It's not worth and much. Teams have figured it out. The, the science, the science of travel, like in terms of sleep and nutrition and all of that, and also the the logistics of of travel uh, and also how to, you know, silent counts, all of that stuff. It doesn't hurt you the way it used to hurt you. That's remarkable that road teams are winning more than home teams. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, your team going on the road, well, the was rules a huge have changed. The communication rules have changed so much too with quarterback to coach defense now has helmets, right? Like there's, there's, there's easier ways to get the play call in and get set up and organized. But that's been going on for a while. Ever. Yeah, but I you know mean, I mean? It, but since those rules have been implemented, we've been trending towards yeah. this, and now we've we've crept up to where we're seeing this. There's also like there is a big separation, at least in my eyes, through a month. There's a big separation between the haves and the have-nots right now in the league. Yes, and, and so also the some really of bad those teams that are hosting, <laughs> you know, are getting beat. They're right. getting they're, and yeah. some of those home fields are different. I mean, if you're going to Seattle, if you're going to Kansas City, if you're going to Green Bay, those are still very difficult. Oh, j- places just like to there's play. haves and have-nots. If you're coming to in Nashville. There that's, are haves and have nots so in terms of fan bases Chargers, and atmosphere. No, no if you're doubt. going to the Chargers there or the is, Titans where there are I a mean, lot half of the opposing... League, you can go down half the league doesn't have a real home field atmosphere right. for a lot of games. And others have absolutely have a home field atmosphere. Buffalo has a home now, field Now, and I'm looking advantage. at the Chargers as an extreme end of that where they don't even have fans that show up. Yeah, they're 30 seconds. They're 30 seconds. They're playing, you know, 17 away games, essentially, depending on who's coming and, in. And, uh, you know, a couple blocks away from here, if you're playing the wrong team... Uh, Buffalo's coming here in a couple weeks. What's that going to look like? They're going to be a lot of broken card tables uh, <laughs> along, the, along the Cumberland River. <laughs> and somebody's probably going to hurt themselves. Backs last last time Buffalo was here, last, last year, Buffalo was here. Yeah, they've been, there were they've no been fans. The there were years. hardly any fans in the stadium, and somebody nearly broke their neck on a card table jumping off a bridge. So good reason for Bills fans to travel and watch this team. Right now, no other team has better... Uh, better balance offense and defense than the Buffalo Bills. Top five in point differential through the first month of the season. Buffalo, 22.5 point differential between offense and defense so far this season. They 
score 34 points per game. It's 33 and some change. That's second best in the league. They allow just 11 points per game. Number one defense right now in points allowed, which is what I'm judging all this on points. Arizona, number two in balance. 35 points per game. Number one in the NFL. 21 points per game allowed by their defense. That's a top 10 defense at number nine. Ravens, Cowboys, and Rams are also in this category of offensive and defensive balance. But here's your top five in point differential. Buffalo at 22.5, Arizona at 13.8, the Denver Broncos at 8.5, Cleveland at 8.3, and Carolina at 7.8. So there's Arizona and Carolina and then the AFC with Buffalo, Denver, and Cleveland as the best through the first month of the season in point differential. There's a lot of teams right now that you would not expect to be off balance that are. For instance, Kansas City. Kansas City scores 33 points per game. That's the third best in the NFL. No surprise, right? But the other Their side, defense is allowing 31 points per game. That's 31st in the league in yeah. defense points allowed. If you're any good, you should shoot it out with Kansas no, City. No doubt. You have, you have to keep up with them, but their defense allows you to do that so far. New Orleans, it's been boom or bust. Win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. And they win big, and they lose big. 24 points per game, that's 18th best. 17 points per game on defense, fifth best. So if their defense shows up, Jameis Winston's winning you football games. He's not throwing many passes, but that's what you want him to do. Jets and Bears, good defense, terrible offense. The Titans, for instance, 24 points per game, 15th in scoring, Chad defensively, they allow 28 points per game. Yeah, and it, with Buffalo, who you brought up there in the beginning of that, I mean, we're going to look back on that Pittsburgh loss to 11. And, and feel a lot different about it. I mean, that was one. It, granted, crazy things can happen in week one, but that's one they're going to want to have back. Well, and the, the, the stats really kind of even out. If you want to say, well, they, they just won 40 to nothing over Houston, that's true. They took care of business against a bad team. They also were in a lopsided fourth quarter against a bad Pittsburgh team in week one where the stats kind of even itself out over four games. I think it's a good snapshot at the league right now. I, uh, I, I love that about Kansas City because I like shootout games. And so I want to see their offense, but I want to see the other team's offense too. Um, and so That defense will give you an opportunity uh, yeah. to see that offense and I, I want I want to see it Sunday night. Chicago Bears have named their starter, and it's Justin Fields. Look at that. He took the field and never left the field, as predicted. Um, And it was pretty obvious, right? I mean, you put the rookie in, uh, and then he's sacked nine times. Uh, That's the most in the NFL this season in a single game. Uh, Second most is what we saw this past week in New York for Tannehill with seven. Uh, Fields sacked nine times against Cleveland, turns around, faces the Lions, and they get him on the move. They, They have motions in their offense set throws for him, design plays that fit his skill set. It looked great. It looked great. Just don't and, say Bill Lazor had anything to and, do with <laughs> And they, they win last week, and he, now he's named the starter. Uh, the story out of Chicago, one of the headlines is, and I think they're tying this in a bit um, to Urban Meyer going out after uh, the game on Thursday night and maybe not having his priorities straight, right? Uh, definitely not. Um, Justin Fields' parents were in attendance this past week at Soldier Field, and they wanted to go out and celebrate with him on his first NFL you know, start at home and be named the starter. And he declined. He said, I'd rather go watch film this, on this coming week's game. With my dog, Uno. With Uno, yeah. And so they're, they're preparing for the Raiders. 
uh, who are playing on Monday night. It's Sunday night, so he doesn't, you know, he's, he's got a day there before he is able to watch the Raiders in person. He just declined. His parents went out and partied anyway, and he stayed at home and watched game film. He should have gone out. Um, so what happened? So Nagy, after that game, though, said Dalton was still the starter. And when well, he gets back, right? No, he said... Was that, before, was that last week before this This was game? before the game last week. This was in between the Cleveland game and last week's game Which with Detroit. Which was a disaster. And this game changed his mind. Well, he didn't, he didn't rule out Foles either in all He didn't that. say anything until today. Okay. Uh, definitive. But, I, I mean, I, I, it, it's the right call. I mean, this, this is you, – you trade up and you go get this guy to be the starter. And, and it's not like he's replacing Ben Roethlisberger, right? No. It's, he's replacing Andy Dalton. The reason who, not who, to start him or not to commit to him long term was because of the kind of game plan they put together against Cleveland, where, which wasn't on fields. It was on that's right. him. Well, the reason not to start him if you have Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback is you have a really good team everywhere else and you need a game manager – that's not going to screw things up for you at quarterback to be a contender. I don't think this Bears team was ever going to be a contender. So that eliminates the reason not to start Justin Fields from the beginning, in my mind. Right. Now, granted, he looked good when they, they tweaked the offense for him. He looked rough in the preseason and, and his first cons- considerable playing time. But I, I don't know that there was ever a reason well, to go I think he lands. I think he lands somewhere in between. He's probably uh, up and down. I know, I know we're, we all come down on this. We don't agree with this line of thinking, but I will repeat it again. They would have preferred to have this happen around week eight Later. or week nine, have Fields start playing well towards the end of the season, job and it's job preservation and security. That's what that was about. That's why you go with the game manager with your defense. You win a couple games. Uh, if Dalton gets dinged after the middle of the year, so be it. But you, you insert the rookie and you go through your lumps because there will be ups and downs. It's not like it's all going to be the Detroit Lions. Their next couple games here are the Raiders, Packers, and Bucks. Some of That's it will be next the Browns. Three. Some of it will be the Browns. Hopefully not nine sacks but for my, their sake. But, I mean, they're, they're not facing the Lions anymore. Here come the Raiders, Packers, and Bucks in back-to-back-to-back weeks for the rookie quarterback. And if you're the head coach, you're thinking, okay, how do we, how do we bridge old versus new and implement and get him ready? And now's the time. I just think it's a little bit ahead of schedule based on what they wanted. So Nagy did say yesterday, this was after the performance by Fields, that it was still Andy Dalton when he got healthy. And backtracked today. He spoke Tuesday? He must have had a coach's show or something. Oh, okay. I'm I'm guessing. Unless they have an unusual schedule week. Like Tomlin works Tuesdays. They're, They're off Mondays, I think. But then went ahead and named. But said he, well, are you reading between the lines saying he was told that Fields is the guy? Or is that, from left, up top over, or or is that left over from somewhere? Yeah, I'm going with uh, who uh, told him that it's, it's Justin Fields. Well, it's the, right, it's the right call. It's, it's the right yeah, call. Yeah, and I'm reading more of the story. He, he, told, he sat down with his coaches or his players on Tuesday and told them, told the quarterbacks that it's now Justin Fields' job. Paul, we have primary complaint coming up, but first um, – Tell us about A.J. Brown and his practice regimen. A.J. Brown was back to work, and I I watched the individual period. He looked pretty good working with uh, Rob Moore and the receivers. Uh, Bud Dupree also back. Uh, Caleb Farley A lot of guys not smart. A little uncertainty about Caleb Farley. I thought I saw him in uniform walking out. John Glennon has him on a not spotted list. Teron Davenport just tweeted, Caleb Farley did practice today. Okay. All right. So – 
Julio Jones not out there. Kern not out there. Westbrook not out there. Henry, day off. McNichols, Chris Jackson, Jayon Brown, Ben Jones, McMath, Hudson, Simmons, all not spotted. Primary complaint, we air our top grievance of the week next on OutKick 360. First, though, no complaining about Aurora NutriScience. VitaLifeScience.com, V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com, the website. You can get more information on uh, how OutKick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OutKick 360 on great supplements. Typical pills and capsules are not well absorbed. You're not finding typical pills and capsules with Aurora NutriScience. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream, and they taste great. I use the the vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, simple single-use packets. I can grab and go in the mornings, and Aurora supplements will also help you if you're a weekend warrior, if you take medication for high cholesterol, or if you want the endless benefits from curcumin. Aurora supplements are absorbed in the bloodstream through the GI tract, ensuring it's not wasted like a capsule or pill. Visit VitaLifeScience.com for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360. Vita, V-I-D-A, LifeScience.com. Japanese genius. OutKick360 rolls on across the OutKick network. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Downtown Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Gentlemen, it is uh, that time of the week. Each Wednesday at this time, it is time for Primary Complaint. Bryant Denny Stadium on Saturday. I thought of both of you. Because how often have we talked about going up to the hot dog stand and not having hot dogs, right? That's a, that's a frequent complaint. We've had that in years past. But... Here's a different example. We're uh, going in before we went up to the, uh, the with the Fox Suite with Farm Folio. Uh, our group stopped by to grab some hot dogs. So we wait in line. Humble brag. We, we, I had to throw this out there. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's uh, where you were. Yep. Yeah. Um, Bravo. Before I, you know, before I passed Ellie Sylvia's uh, seats, we stopped to get some hot dogs at the concession stand. We make our way up at Bryant Denny Stadium. As you get up to the front of the line, it's water and hot dogs, and that's it. Right, it's like uh, it's like Coney Island or something. <laughs> um, you get there, and after the order, they bring all the hot dogs up, cash only. I, I've never in a stadium <laughs> that is state of the art. Like you look around and all the new bells and whistles, cash only. So luckily, I had some cash. Right, they did not have ones in the register for a cash only concession stand pregame, pregame. I expect if you are in 2021 and you're not reading a chip, you don't take credit cards, you're cash only, your register better act like a strip club and rain (laughs) down singles on the ready. You have to be prepared for the singles and give me change that I need instead of me adding another bag of chips to make it an even number. That's my primary complaint. I'm sure they round it down, right? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, no doubt. Doubt you won a uh, lap dance for most of the people that work those concession stands. But yeah. I, I like that analogy. My primary complaint this week, I'm on a Southwest flight to Arizona last week. I'm not flying first class. I'm on a Southwest flight. As you know, on a Southwest flight, everybody has their own allotted little space. And it's a very small amount of space, especially for someone that is six foot three like myself. 
I always seem to get the guy who gets on the plane last and sits in a middle seat and sits as big and wide as possible, <laughs> right in the middle seat. Chris Farley. Don't know this guy. He sits down also on a four-hour flight with nothing to watch or read. Not a book, not an iPad, not a laptop, not even his phone out. He sits as wide as possible and looks straight the entire time. I am tricep to tricep with this guy. His <laughs> knee is in my thigh, and I am leaning into the aisle to try to get away from him. I'm hunched over. I do something to my back because I've got to hunch over because he is so wide on his seat the whole time. I can't move. Respect space, especially if you're in first class. Feel free. Stretch out. Order your caviar. Do whatever you need to do. Get as big as possible. Get small. You know, they talk about running backs getting small in the crease. You want to get small at times. When you get on a Southwest flight, that's the time to get small, not big. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint is Aaron Boone. Hutton was asking me why I was for his not being re-signed as the manager. Here's why, Hut. Last night, he said, the league has closed the gap on us. <laughs> this is a team that won the World <laughs> Series last in 2009, the year of my son's birth. The league has closed the gap on us. In 2017, the year before he came on board, the Yankees were second in the division, and they lost the American League Championship Series. Since he's taken over, they finished second and lost the American League Divisional Series. They finished first and lost the American League Championship Series. They finished second and lost the American League Divisional Series. And they finished second and lost the one-game wild card. What gap is he seeing closed? <laughs> there, there was no gap. He hit a home run in 2003 that won Game 7 in the American League Championship Series. Back then, in ancient times in Yankee lore, there was a gap. Teams were chasing the Yankees. 98. <laughs> he, he, yeah. In Derek Jeter's day, when they won, what, four out of five or five out of six, the Yankees were kings and everybody was chasing the Yankees. That's not now, Aaron Boone. You got to get with modern times. You got to have a sense of where you are, like Bill Bradley used to talk about. This guy's not living in current times if he thinks teams have closed the gap on the Yankees. They're trying to close the gap on the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. You're so out of touch with it. If you think teams are chasing the Yankees, you need to go back to the booth, the television booth. Well, the gap that he speaks of, the true gap, is between the Yankees trying to close the gap on the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah, he's got it he backwards. He needs to be talking about, hey, I really think we're closing the gap on the Rays. What I saw yeah. this year, we're starting to close Which that gap. Which they're not closing that gap because they didn't get into the series to try to beat them. Are they? Is he, is he alluding to like their lineup, like the, the power lineup and all that? Or oh, I think he thinks that the Yankees used to be ahead of all of these teams. And now teams have closed the gap. Well, if you're ahead of all of those teams, you have to be like the team they're chasing. But if you're finishing in second place every year, nobody's chasing you. You're chasing. That, that, that's, he's chasing for an answer to a question. That's a that bad he, answer I, I that's going to haunt him for the offseason. It doesn't make a lot of and sense. And maybe I'm into the you. unemployment line. <laughs> not, not, will not be retained. Do not resign. Aaron Boone. Well, he also said that he's, uh, he's comfortable with He's at peace. He's at peace with it. Not, not I, knowing what's going on. I am as well. I'm at peace. I mean, I understand what he's saying. What, what can he do? You, know, you either make peace with it or you don't. He said, yeah, I'm at peace being completely up in the air. What's whatever they decide. I, I like the guy. 
I, I'm ready for a change. Phil Nevin sent Aaron Judge yesterday, his third base coach, on a play where you've just got to settle for second and third with one out instead of getting Aaron Judge thrown out at home. In uh, roughly 15 minutes or so, we will discuss quarterback play in college football, but specifically the Southeastern Conference and how it's dropped to this level. Uh, it's weird when you look at the quarterback position across the SEC. Uh, we'll hit that, plus top headlines, including the SEC, a star that is going to be out for a while. We've got that, plus NFL discussion, topics, Titans Power Hour, and much ahead on OutKick 360. Hang with us.